Well, it's a great um, evening to be focused on uh, the uniqueness of God. So much that we have to praise God for when His character and person. Uh, this morning as well, as we look at Deuteronomy 4 together. What we can do this evening is um, just take some perhaps application for that, because inevitably the question that comes out of it when we say there's only one God, there's only one way to Him through Jesus Christ, people will ask as well, what about all the other religions? Surely they all lead to God in some way. So how do we answer that question? Um, what do we say? Or maybe you have that question yourself. Surely all religions lead to God. This is the verse that we looked at this morning from Deuteronomy 5. It said, Acknowledge and take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. Twice it's repeated, besides him there is no other. And so you have all these uh, rules about not worshipping idols, because you know, if there is only one God, why would you worship anything or any, anyone else? Now the Christian is different, of course, between believing something and being able to explain why you believe what you do. So that's one of the things we're going to try and help us together this evening. And you may think, well actually in the place like long friend and don't it's not to be multi-ethnic, um, maybe that question doesn't come up very much to you, but certainly depending where you work, maybe where you're at school, if you're an Aylesbury or sort of many places around there, they certainly are much more multi-ethnic and that question will come up. So what do you do when you get into a conversation like that? What is the first thing you do? One thing you shouldn't do um, is launch into a carefully prepared defence of the uh, Christian faith because uh, you'll probably lose your listener straight away and confirm their view that actually all Christians are arrogant in believing it anyway and all you've done is to uh, reinforce that view. Another thing we need to remember is we don't trust in our clever arguments to convince them that what we think is right is really the case. That's not the wisdom for Christ often not what you say, but actually how you say it. So how do we respond then? Well, we said, well, we shouldn't do it. The first thing we should do is to pray. Pray that the Spirit will give you the right words to say. And not pray in the sense of, excuse me, I can just sit here and a quick prayer on my own, and I'll come back and, uh, and carry on the conversation with you. Um, these are sort of things we call hallowed prayers, the praying as we're speaking. Um, we're listening to what the person is saying, we're praying to God at the same time. You may remember those words that Paul said in his letter to the church in Corinth about um, human words and the Spirit's power. My message and my preaching were not with wise persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, on God's power. So we pray, we probe. You just remember what two, three, probe. You see, pray, probe. Now what we mean by probe is not sort of um, interrogating the other person, not sort of cross-questioning them. Um, just simply finding out what it is that they believe. Uh, the better you know the person, maybe very close friends, um, you'll know how gentle you can be. Um, or maybe you can be quite direct with them. Um, but one person you might find out is, is this a really genuine concern of this person? Is this an obstacle to them becoming a Christian? Or are they maybe just um, repeating something they've heard somewhere else and they think, um, 
uh, just completely clear the floor with Christian straight away with that, with that question. Have they really actually given it a lot of thought themselves? To find out if this is a genuine concern. But then also find out what is the issue behind the question. Is there another issue behind their question that may be holding them back from Christianity? And can you think, um, this is going to be a bit interactive, do you think what could be a potential issue that they had when they say that? You know, don't always need to be still. Could there be other issues behind that question? Anybody think of something they may have that's really holding them back that might not come across in the question itself but maybe maybe down in the background death of a family member yes um, it could be some experience of real life um, that's just really affecting them in many different ways death of a family member um, where they gone where they gone um, have they gone to be with God, and who is this God, and which God are they going to be with? Um, surely when we die, everybody goes to God anyway, just to heaven. Um, yes, it could be just a family member. Anything else? Uh, um, yes. My sister um, asked me straight where they were not in God. Yes? Yeah. Um, I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't. <laughs> I, I had no idea where they were. Didn't know what to believe, or. Um, well, I mean, you go to church, but no, no. Yeah, I mean, if we don't know what somebody believes, we don't. We, it's in God's hands. We don't know what happened in those last moments of their life. Um, we can't give them false assurance that they've gone somewhere where they want them to go. Yeah. Any other things you need to think of? Um, I don't know if somebody's mind they ask that sort of question. Well, it may be that um, this, this whole thing of arrogance, it just sounds arrogant in the world we're living, um, the big value is tolerance, isn't it? And if you say you've got the truth, you're saying everybody else has it. Um, so it may not actually be logical, sort of, Christian truth is correct, it's simply, well, that's just an arrogant statement. Um, how can you say that? It may be that. Um, the Richard Dawkins thing is that all religions are evil because they're the cause of all conflicts in the world, so um, let's just um, forget them all. It may just be a bad experience somebody's had with a, with a Christian, um, and they're reflecting that back. So in this process of probing, you're, you're basically engaging with someone, you're, you're listening to them, you're, you're taking their views seriously, uh, showing an interest in them. So how do, you, how do you do that, that probing? Um, it's really asking a question to sort of tease out what they believe. Um, and maybe you can repeat back their answer to, just to check you understand what they do actually believe, where they're coming from. Is it sort of second guess where they're coming from? What's um, the follow-up question, just to, uh, to see how strong their views really are. Maybe you think you know a little bit more about where they're at, then just maybe start to ask questions that sort of um, test the, um, the validity of, of their belief. Then having done that probing, um, then present what you think is actually an alternative for them to consider the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. Before we come on to that, let's just think about that probing a bit more. But it's, um, one of the different questions you could ask 
during that program. If somebody says, well, don't all religions need to God? What could you ask to see if this is a really genuine issue for them? Yeah. Well, why do you ask that question? Why do you ask that question? Is this, is this what you believe? You know, is this just something I've heard, or is actually is this what they believe? Is this what you believe? Yeah. Um, I think the answer is yes, that is what I believe. Um, I mean, right. Well, why do you believe that? Why do you believe that? And how they answer that question, then I'm able to know this is their real belief, this is something I hold on to, um, how much they thought it through. I could come back with a long explanation or, or more likely at this stage in the conversation they're probably going to give you a sort of single answer um, like, well I think they're all basically the same. Or, well I think there's probably a bit of truth in all of them um, and it's just arrogant to claim that one single religion has all the truth. So it'd be very tempting if they just to sort of come in with a cross-examination and say, um, um, so what exactly do you know about all different religions that you become to our conclusion? Now that's an illusion, isn't it, you know? Um, that's not what, what we're about. We're, we're asking, just gently probing what somebody believes and why. So where, where do you go from here? Let's take the, well I, I think they're all basically the same. In what way? In what way do you think they're all the same. Do you think the religions themselves would say that they are all basically the same? At this point you might want to present what you believe. You know, if you go and ask some questions you can come across a bit like they're being cross-examined. Um, but before you do, so you know, acknowledge that you respect their views. Um, you know, I hear what you're saying, but... And a, a couple of points you might want to get across at this stage. One of those is that there are fundamental differences between the different religions. There are fundamental differences between the different religions. And that is a key thing that not everybody really understands. Um, and secondly, hardly any of them would say that all religions lead to God. So the fundamental differences, and hardly any of them would say all religions lead to God. So you're basically saying something which none of these religions actually believe. Um, give a couple of examples. For example, Islam, Judaism do not believe that Jesus was God. They don't believe that he rose from the dead, that he's, that he's still alive. You've got Hinduism, which is a quite a diverse set of um, various religious beliefs and traditions and, uh, and practices. And some of those Hindus believe in one supreme impersonal uh, reality named Brahman. Um, many believe there are various gods and goddesses and um, and you can appease these, these gods and goddesses through various rituals in the temple or other places. Uh, Buddhism is founded by Buddha. Buddha um, actually rejected Hinduism. He rejected it as untruth. Um, and Buddhists don't even worship a god. So obviously that religion doesn't lead to, to God. Um, so hardly any of them, possibly the testament of Hinduism, would say that all religions lead to God. But they would always say that their religion is true. Their religion is true. So you could ask if you say all hold contradictory beliefs, why do you believe that all of them lead to God? Let's say the other answer they might come up with to the question, why do you believe all religions lead to God? 
they may say, I think there's a bit of truth in all of them. And it's arrogant to you to say you have the whole truth. It's just a little video at this moment, um, uh, which comes from Christian Explore website, it's by a guy called Nate Locke, who did the uh, Christian Explore Youth course. Um, and uh, using an analogy which some of you may be familiar with, so let's um, let him say uh, in the train from my, my voice. <coughs> I think this is quite a popular view and one that's particularly popular in the multi-faith or multicultural society. There's a story uh, which is quite old, which I find quite helpful just to think through some issues. Uh, it's about some blind men and an elephant. Uh, and each of the blind men encounters this elephant at different points and then has a different idea about what the elephant's like. So the man who holds him in the trunk says that the elephant's like this name. And the guy who's holding the leg says, no, it's not like this name. But it's the right tree. And the guy holding the top says, well, actually, we both wrong because the elephant's really like a sphere. And so on and so forth. Everyone holding different parts of the ear or the side or the tail. Everyone's coming up with a different view. And the idea is that this story shows us that no one can actually know the whole truth about God. When it comes to the questions about truth, we're just like blind men fucking elephants. Now anyone who therefore says, I know the truth about God, and you don't, I've got the, the right answer and you've got the wrong answer, well, we're just all married. But imagine if someone says he wasn't describing it and he wasn't touching it, but actually he was the elephant. Imagine if someone says, you don't need to get, you don't need to grope around, I'll tell you what I'm like, because I'm the elephant. Well, that's what the Bible says about Jesus. Not that Jesus was an elephant, uh, I don't think anyone actually believes that, but that Jesus was God, that Jesus is God. And Jesus did some amazing things to back up that claim, and he healed the sick, he controlled the weather, he went to death. Jesus wasn't just a teacher or a philosopher or a religious guy trying to guess about God. The Bible says that Jesus was God. So Jesus was able to explain the truth about God. He's able to explain how to be in a relationship with God. He's able to explain how to enjoy perfect life with God forever. When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except to me. He's gone. It's not the arrogant. He's done the truth. Now if those blind men, having heard the elephant, could carry on arguing, um, he's pretty arrogant too. And anyone who says that we can't know the whole truth would also be pretty arrogant. You see, the right thing to do in that situation would be to sit down and listen to the elephant. That's the way you're going to get the truth. And so when it comes to God, the way we're going to find the truth is if we listen to him. And Jesus said, if you do that, why not to him? So you can use that same analogy in conversation, can you? Have you heard the analogy about the blind man and the elephant and, uh, and explain it? Um, and you find the point there as a sort of springboard into the, the discussion, you know, to say, for you to be able to claim that all the religions have a part of the truth, 
อดสัตว์ในที่สัตว์ในทีรีเยอะสัตว์ในทีโดนอะไรขอแนะนำที่เพลงที่ไม่จำนวนที่ is right but if all you come together then you have the truth so isn't that claiming to know the truth as well isn't that just arrogant um, to follow the rules is that you know that none of them has the whole truth but only part of it the basic of all options aren't that all religions lead to God no religions lead to God some religions lead to God or only one religion leads to God and so your option is right and your basic is is this an option is this the argument that's saying my option is right so what is the only way that we can know the whole picture about God well as I was saying in the video God tells us what he's like and imagine somebody said I'm not describing or touching the elephant I am the elephant I'll tell you what I'm like that is one of the ways in which Christianity is unique and that is a good point to get across it's good for us to remember that God has revealed himself to us in person what are these other unique things about Christianity there's three things I just want to mention just remember them uh, when it comes up in conversation just remember them and, and treasure them in your heart as well what is unique about Christianity three things one incarnation Christianity is the only religion where the God we worship has revealed himself to us in person and we believe that God is Trinity is Father, Son and Spirit Father sent the Son to earth to be born of a human baby he gave up his glory in heaven where we are told he was worshipped by the angels he came down and was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of a young virgin called Mary and as he grew up he made some pretty bold claims and he claimed I am the way, the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me he also said if you've seen the Father you have seen me he didn't just come to give the message about God he came to as God to reveal God to us and no other founder of religion could claim to be God in fact if you took a founder of religion away the religion would still exist he said Christ had a Christianity and Christianity collapses so if Jesus was not God then that was a pretty arrogant thing for him to claim you know, that, that, that either means he's totally crazy um, or even evil it really is God, if Jesus is really God then that's not being arrogant, he's simply telling the truth God is the ultimate source of truth so the right way as they said again to establish what the percentage is true is to sit down and listen to the elephant, listen to God and that's how we'll find the truth and it's not just a set of beliefs, it's not a leap of faith it's about a real historical person, Jesus Christ who is still alive today somebody who can make us right with God Christianity stands and falls on whether that historical account of Jesus is really true did he really live on this earth? did he really do all those supernatural miracles? did he really die and come back to life? and what you want to be saying to, to your friends is lift it up to yourself, read the Bible see what it says Christianity is unique and it's the only religion where God has revealed himself to us in person secondly salvation 
Christians believe that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone. And what that means is it's not a work of people trying to be right with God, trying to be good enough to get into heaven. It's what God has done for us. That is what makes Christianity unique. In which part of this, give you a trace of this, he talks about um, imagining that you are drowning in a sea and the best people on the cliff are onlooking and they're giving you instructions as to how you can get out of the sea, how you can save yourself, how you can avoid the rocks. Um, so they're all giving you different views, they're all giving you different ideas and you can't really hear them because they're all shouting so loud and uh, it's just one big um, hubbub. What do you really want in that situation? You want somebody to dive in to the sea and rescue you, don't you? <coughs> That's what you want. Not a load of instructions, you want a saviour. Somebody's prepared to risk their life at the cost of saving yours. So all religions outside of Christianity amount to a list of do's and don'ts. They're about us trying to reach God, whereas Christianity is about God reaching down to save us. He's died in the sea to rescue us. God is too deep, he's too, he's too holy for small, simple people like us to get anywhere near him. The Bible says in Romans 5, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, if you're going to say that, that big claim about Christianity, you've got to know what all the other religions believe about salvation, how are you made right with God according to these other religions. Um, what does Buddhism say? Um, it has um, an eightfold path to Nirvana, apparently, I don't know the details, but um, it includes understanding the universe and, and acting and speaking and, and living in the right manner with the right intention. Um, for Hindus, they, they attempt to be free from the cycle of reincarnation by ridding oneself of, of bad karma. Muslims believe salvation comes to those who obey Allah, who, where your, your good deeds sufficiently outweigh your bad deeds. So, they try and repeat what Muhammad did. Um, they decide to prayers, they fast, they go on pilgrimages um, in the hope that those good deeds will outweigh the bad deeds. The cults, what about the cults, like Jehovah's Witnesses? What do they believe about salvation? There are 144,000, you know that number from Revelation, and according to them, they receive salvation by the blood of Christ. They will walk with him in paradise, they are the bride of Christ. For all others, Jesus' death freed them from Adam's curse of sin, but it gave them the opportunity to earn their way to heaven. So they need to learn about the kingdom of history, they need to keep the Lord of Jehovah, they need to spread the news about the kingdom. And when they do die, they will be resurrected during the millennium uh, where they must continue to live it about life. And then afterwards they give the opportunity to formally accept Christ and live for eternity under the rule of that 144,000. So again, it's uncertain. Um, if you've got a statement to a witness coming around, um, ask, ask him or her, um, do you know where you're going when you die? And we have Roman Catholics again. Um, 
well, they believe that salvation is quite difficult actually to, to fully understand. You know, originally they believed that only those in the Roman Catholic Church could be saved, and so joining a church was a, a long process of classes and rituals and baptism. I'm not sure that is still the case, although baptism or the desire for baptism, I believe, is still required for salvation. And when you die, if you accept Christ and perform sufficient to actually purify the sin, you'll go to heaven. If you died in a place that didn't complete those steps to be purified, you were sent to purgatory, where uh, you undergo temporary painful punishment until your soul is cleansed. That is why people pray for the dead, to reduce that time in purgatory. Now it's a natural part of humanity that we, we feel we are able, or we have somehow to earn our way to salvation. And it's no different in Jesus' day. And people said to Jesus, what must we do to do the work that God requires? And Jesus said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Incarnation, salvation, finally transformation. John 3 says, if anyone wants to enter the kingdom of God, he must be born again. 1 Corinthians says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. We are transformed as we come to faith. It's not about simply adopting a series of beliefs or having a mystical experience promising to lead a better life. The only way is by allowing God to take you as you are and to change you by the power of His Spirit, become a new person in Him. And it's as we change that we then walk the path. Sin has affected our whole being. Something radically wrong with the human condition that needs to be changed. Now, other reasons are offer transformation of your being as you as you think, as you feel, or as you do things in a certain way. Christianity is unique in that it starts where all the others want to end. Eternal life for Christian doesn't start when we die, it starts when we accept Christ as our Lord and our Saviour. As Jesus said in his prayer to the Father, he said, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That is the relationship that carries on eternity. And the change is radical because we're changing the Lord of our lives. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that is my testimony, it is so powerful. That is a great way to reinforce what you believe to your friends. Tell them how Christ has changed your life. Because you can, you know, discuss without a set of beliefs, you know, forever. But they can see change in you, as you see how Christ has changed your life. I hope that it has been helpful. Um, I'm sure many of you will um, be doing that naturally already without necessarily thinking through what you're doing. Um, but let's pray for these opportunities to come. I'm not sort of saying, well, I hope they don't raise a question about other religions. Um, let's pray for opportunities to talk about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. We're going to um, pray and then we'll finish by singing a song together. Um, shall I introduce you to this prayer? Then.
Father God, we do thank you as we've been looking at today that you are unique. You are the one true God. And yet in this world there are many religions, there are many people who have no religion. There are many views that it doesn't really matter what we believe. Lord, help us to know what we believe, help us to know why we believe it, help us to be confident in what we believe, and help us to live out that faith that others may see the change in us. And give us the confidence to use your word, to allow the Spirit to work through us to tell others about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. Help us to tell them how he has revealed himself to us, that he is the only way to you, that is without trusting in him, not in what we can do, and that he transforms our lives. And Lord, we pray that through us, as your instance, many people would come to know you and enjoy the life that we have for ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.